Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. It's always an honor to be joined by Ruth Wise of Election Integrity Project California, a nonprofit organization that documents and observes elections in California to make sure they are complying with election integrity and election law. Hard to imagine anybody needs to make sure of that with all the election integrity we have in California, but this organization exists anyway. Ruth serves on the board. She is also vice president and director of legislative oversight. Ruth, welcome back to our program. Thank you. Bob. It's always a great pleasure to be with you. Well, we have had the 2020 election. We have had the 2022 midterms. We have had the attempted recall of Governor Newsom. I don't think we've had a real election in a long time, but that's just me. What's the latest going on out here? Well, after the 2020 election, there were a lot of people across the country that just started getting very skeptical about the condition of our electoral process. And of course, an Election Integrity Project California, we've been trying to warn people about that for 11 years. And finally, people are coming around to realizing there are some problems that need to be resolved. So after 2020, people began to be concerned about the way things were going. And they wanted to, to replace school board members. They wanted to replace district attorneys. They wanted to, to do what's called direct democracy. And so they, they started these recall efforts and there was and they even had the nerve to try to recall the governor. So there was a lot of self-governance going on. So our legislature didn't like that too much. They don't like the fact... I just can't imagine they oh, didn't like No, they do not like the fact that Californians got uppity and decided to start governing themselves. So they did some pretty sneaky things last year that I think most people are unaware of uh, legislatively. And I kind of wanted to let you and, and your listeners know about some of those things today because the next time you decide I want to recall a school board official or I want to recall a DA, you might find the rules are extremely different now and uh, because the whole recall process and the initiative process were under attack legislatively last year and they came a far piece from well, what we It seems we like they to. got away with cheating even last time, but now they're going to make the rules even more difficult. Well, we don't talk about cheating, although what we do say is that the way the laws are written um, it's perfectly obvious that the doors are wide open. And if doors are open, people are going to walk through them. So there's a very good chance that things are not as they seem when you get yeah, to election I can't results. say I know for a fact that they cheated in the recall. I can say that if I was going to Vegas and placing a bet, I know which way I'd place the bet. Well, we see a lot of election results that have no sense compared to what we see leading up to the election when you see the activity of the, of the people and the number of signs and bumper stickers. When and the you momentum see of Democrats and independents that didn't like Newsom either, you things like you that. You see the momentum, you see the polls, and then the results turn out to be really different from what was anticipated. It makes you wonder what happened. And there are a lot of people now actually showing us what happened. And we do know that the vote-by-mail system is a system that was put in place so that election manipulators would have the opportunity to manipulate election And of results. course, they used COVID as the excuse. They well, were that, just trying to keep us that Helped. That yeah. helped. But you know, the vote by mail system began way back in 1998. And it grew to the fact but that wasn't he, that only for absentee people? No, in 1998, then? they did away with the absentee ballot in California. Oh, just in California. In California. Yeah, and it okay. just became a, anybody can vote that way if they want to. Because I know a lot of other mail. states weren't doing that until COVID. Correct, correct. But you know, now they, they just let the 
the the horse out of the barn in 2020. But prior to that, there were still about 70% of Californians who had bought into this, I'm going to vote by mail. And we do a lot to talk about why that's just a disastrous way to vote. And we need to get people to understand how their vote by mail ballot is being used in order to, to have the manipulators win the election. And so people need to really start paying attention. But what happened legislatively last year is they started attacking the recall process. So they passed a law, Assembly Bill 2582. And that one, and they started at the local officer. So they said for, for to recall a local officer now, you're not going to recall that officer and elect that person's successor in the same election. So if you qualify for a recall, yes, you can have your recall election, but all it will do is kick that person out of office. And then at some future date when it's convenient and the stars align, then they can have an election to replace can the person, the person that, was, that was recalled run again at that point? Um, apparent, does... Apparently not, but, but what this does is double the cost of replacing someone that you want to recall because now you've got to pay for two elections and it leaves the people in whose district that person was unrepresented for a significant period of time. It doesn't make any sense to do that and with the school board elections in this law and in another law that they passed they said that you have to make it very clear on the ballot the cost of that recall election per pupil to in order to discourage people from doing the recall. So that was an attack on wanting to replace your local officials, your school boards, your DAs like that. And then then they got into the next bill, which was AB 2584. And that's changing the number of signatures on recall petitions. It used to work with a formula of the number of people who had voted in the previous election. Now they have a graduated formula so that the higher the office, the more signatures are necessary in order to qualify for a recall of that person. So it makes it very difficult for people to self-govern. You can almost not ever reach the number that they're mandating. So the attack is huge. Then this year, they're trying to tie the bow on it. And they have a constitutional amendment where they are going to try to say that if you recall the governor, instead of electing the replacement, the lieutenant governor simply takes over. Oh, for Pete's sakes. And like the lieutenant governor isn't going to do all the same stupid things. Well, exactly. They're usually kind of, you know, hand in glove. And so you would look at that and say, frying pan, fire, why bother? Right. So that's what they're trying to get across in a, in a constitutional amendment this year. They will, if that person is still in office and a, another election that's normally scheduled comes up, then then they could hold an election to replace the governor who was recalled. But otherwise, the lieutenant governor just fills the position. Translation. For the rest of the time. Once one of these guys is in he's just in and you might as well deal with it yeah and that's what the legislature decided was an important thing to do to stop people from self-governing and did they do this again in the name of our safety and for the sake of democracy did they try to float that drivel no they have not really defended it much except you know we just need to tighten things up and we have you know they i think they felt that a lot of these recall elections were a little too frivolous a little too gratuitous and they wanted to make us work for it you know really really frivolous to remove somebody that was basically taking our republic and our freedoms away. That mm-hmm. was frivolous, trying to remove him. Yeah, I think that's basically the thought process. They don't like the fact that once they're in office that 
they still have to be accountable to the people. They don't like that at all. <laughs> Which is the whole purpose of being a Republican, a democracy, is being accountable to the people. Right. They don't want to use the word royalty, but they view themselves as royalty and they want the immunity of royalty. And it's very easy, of course, for them to say, well, we have to cut down on the number of recalls because they're expensive. And that's true. You know, elections do cost money. But well, maybe it, if he doesn't go to as many French restaurants <laughs> while the rest of us are not allowed, he'll have a little more money to save. Well, the people are concerned about their own pocketbooks, too. And they're seeing what some of these elected officials are doing to them. And, well, and I agree. It's wasted money if they're just going to steal it no matter what we do. That is a waste of our money and time. Well, that's another topic, of course. And there are some real concerns about the way elections are being held and then and the the fervor now to vote by mail to get everybody to ballot harvest i mean this is going the wrong direction even republicans are jumping on board now and saying maybe we should be ballot harvesting too what's your opinion about that well what happens when you vote early and you turn in your ballot in an envelope is that the minute it hits the elections office anybody who wants to know it knows that you voted. So they know your name. They know what party you're affiliated with. They know where you live, the geographical area. And from that, they can extrapolate easily what the vote's going to be on your ballot. So if you give them that advance information by voting early, they have and time. And they say, now we need to get two Democrats. They have time to, to inject this. the phantom yeah, ballots. Exactly. And we've got graphs. We've got everything showing that that's exactly what's happening, that, that all they have to do is inject two and a half for every two that, that are injected on the other side just to keep it so that they win by just that much so it doesn't look suspicious. If they were to just put all kinds of phantom ballots in without knowledge of what the other side was going to do, it would it, the game would be up because it would be too obvious. Well, it seems like lately they're trying to not look as suspicious because in 2020 it did look suspicious. Four different states, was I think it was four, maybe it was more than five, and they all stopped counting around midnight and Trump's ahead and all of them. The next morning Biden's ahead after campaigning from his basement and getting a whole 30 people to come to his rallies. Talk about it being pretty obvious, but since then they've gotten a little smarter, I guess. There was a lot of suspicious stuff that went on there, primarily because the system I'm talking to you about is what was plan A. And the voters outvoted plan A. And so on election night. So they had night, to shut down the machines and say, switch what's to plan, plan B. B? Yeah, right. Yeah. And um, I think it's very possible that the reason that Hillary Clinton was so infuriated. Uh, she was when told she, lost she was going to win. And she knew she was going to cheat. And it still didn't work. So they she didn't was have a plan B at yeah, that point. Yeah. So now in 2020, they had a plan B. Yeah, it took her a long time to concede. And people always say, well, yeah, but what about Arizona? Because in the primary, Carrie Lake and the other people who ran were very insisting that people vote in person on election day to not give away the game ahead of time. 80% of her supporters voted in person on election right, day. Right, but didn't they break things down on election day? Well, I went, I'm stop. talking about the primary. Oh, the so primary. She That's was right. able to win the people. primary against lots of opposition and efforts to defeat her. So because they were ready for the general election. In the general election, they were ready. And so they, the people who who did the same thing in the, in the general election now face long lines, broken machines, missed printed ballots, missing ballots, everything they did to derail that. But my philosophy is that in the long run, they had to out themselves. They couldn't 
stay behind closed doors and work their little manipulation anymore. They had to be so overt about it that now there isn't anybody that doesn't know what they're doing. And yet it went to court and the judge still went ahead and ruled with them well, after all that. Well, it's very hard to win in court. And, and, and there's, there's a million things where you're looking at the way the suit is worded and, and all kinds of things, but it's not done. There's still one count they're allowing her to take forward. So that's still going through. Yeah, it seems like we're going to have to have some more courageous judges in the days of Head, though, because at the end of the day, this stuff, I'm referring to election reform specifically, is going to be decided by judges. And if they're afraid to take the case and they're afraid of being called names, and of course, they'll be called racist for wanting to have a fair election, because it always works, the race card. Not to mention that in Arizona, the person that was certifying the election was Katie Hobbs, right, who was running winner. for governor, and she's the one. To, <laughs> Ka- Katie Hobbs says it was a clean election. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that settles it. The fox in the hen house come to mind. <laughs> Right, (laughs) but uh, I'm learning a lot about how the legal system works and the judges. We have a federal lawsuit that we got a good ruling from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and we were given standing. So now it's back at the district court, and we are challenging 20 plus California election laws as being unconstitutional. Well, that is good news, especially when it's coming from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. We didn't think we'd live to see that day. That was very exciting. But any ruling on what we're bringing forward is going to have to set precedent. Judges in general are not real happy about setting precedent. They'd rather go back to precedent and not really have to stick their necks out. But we feel we have a very strong case to protect the voters of California. Well, and it's sad when they look at the precedent of previous court decisions because that's not where laws are supposed to be made. The only valid precedent is the law that's in the books through the democracy Republican legislature. Right, because previous judges could have easily made a mistake. Yeah. So they, I don't really they care really what other judges rule. I care yeah. what the Constitution actually says and what the law says. Yeah. They really need to re-adjudicate every case and say, you know, okay, well, I'll look at precedent, but I'm going to I'm going to call it if that guy got it wrong. Yeah. Well, and we so once had a precedent called the Dred Scott decision. Exactly. So that's what I say for anybody who holds <laughs> up precedent like some kind of authority. Exactly. So we are really excited about that lawsuit simply because we believe it's pretty hard to refute our arguments. And the fact that we have standing to do it now is just very exciting. It's going to include audits. There are 15 counties involved. And which what court does it go to next? The it Federal is Court it, of Appeals? It's the, no, it's in the Federal District Court. It was district remanded. Court. Back okay. the district court. The next phase is now discovery. So we're waiting for that to begin. We do encourage people to go to our website and download the complaint so they know what we're talking about. What are we suing and why are we suing? It's a very interesting document. And the website is eip-ca.com and it's right front and center. You can download that complaint, take a look and know what we're talking about. Understand how you over the last 30 years in California have been slowly strangled out of your electoral rights by the laws that they've been passing. And they've been smart enough to do it incrementally. Exactly. It's been very incremental. We have another document on the website, which has just been updated. It's called the Golden State Agenda. And it's a chronological bullet point, you know, look at the laws that added one and then this one and then this one and this one that slowly tightened that noose. And so it's very easy to see that it's all pointing toward the same agenda. And so we would love for people to look at that document as well so that they really understand what's happening to them and get out 
and select the right way to vote. You can outvote a great deal of manipulation, but not if you just lick an envelope and stick it in the mail. That's not going to be the way to do it. The last three or four elections, my wife and I haven't done anything without calling Ruth and going through it again. Uh, Do we want to take it in? Do we want to do this? And what if they say this? And I drive her crazy on election day with all my texts and questions, but that's how careful I'm being. And I'm somebody that follows politics and I still don't trust my own senses with this thing. Well, it's very true um, that people who want you to ballot harvest and all, they they do collect potentially more votes than they would have gotten some of the, if they left. And yeah. some of them mean well, but they can still oh, fall into They error. all mean well, and they, they will collect more votes. But what I'm trying to say is that if you collect a million, the other guys are going to insert a million point one. Yeah. You can't win that way. You have to clean up the process. Yeah. And is anything being done? I know we brought this up on previous shows. Is anything being done to fix these machines? Because I think, again, of what happened to Katie Hobbs, where they, like you said, it was successful in the primary. And so they came out on election day and then suddenly the machines broke down and the lines were too long. What's being done about those blasted Dominion machines? Well, number one, that's part of our lawsuit is oh, that good. we will be yeah. auditing the hardware and the software of the machinery that's used in those 15 counties, which will cover the machinery for the entire state. We will also be looking at the signature verification process and the ballot duplication process. But also we had a a really great win in Shasta County just last week. Oh, tell us about that. We'll take any good news we can get, Ruth. The people told Shasta County Board of Supervisors, we don't want these, you know, we want you to get rid of Dominion. And so they voted to break their contract and say no more Dominion. But then they were stuck with what do we do to what do we place it with? So they had presentations from all the other machinery that is also legal in California. And the people prevailed upon the Board of Supervisors up there to not accept any replacement for the machines. And they will be casting ballots on paper ballots, and they will be counting by hand. That is good. Now, San Diego, we use machines in some places, don't we? We're a full-on Dominion county now as of 2020. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. But we have an advantage most counties don't have right now in that people want a paper ballot. They don't want to vote on the machine. Right. If I go vote. You've always told us to use a paper ballot. If I go to the polls, now I have have to vote on the machine, machine. right? But in in San Diego County now, we can take that ballot they mailed to us. We can mark it. We can take it to the polls on election day without the envelope and cast that as a same day ballot that gets counted the same day without all the manipulation, without all the, the the signature checks and all that so that it can go through without any potential for manipulation. So we encourage people to take advantage of that. And the one thing that the legislature is potentially going to do this year, there is a, a law that is uh, has actually made it through the first uh, committee hurdle to allow every county to do that. So that maybe throughout the entire state, every voter will be allowed to vote in person with the paper ballot that they're mailed without the envelope so it doesn't become a manipulatable ballot. So that's a good, that's a piece of good news. Yes, this is very good news. What else has been going on? Well, many of your listeners may know the word ERIC. This stands for Election Registration Information Center, and it is a supposed nonprofit, nonpartisan organization designed that states will upload all of their voter rolls to ERIC, and then ERIC 
will do comparisons. They're supposed to be finding people that are duplicate voting, maybe cross-state. So it's coming in the name of being against election fraud. It, it is, yeah. They are supposed to be helping clean the voter rolls, but let is, you know when you have in reality a Trojan there. horse that's going to do the opposite of well, what it claims? Well, here's the problem. When you read their bylaws, if you want the printouts that tell you who are your duplicate voters, who are your ineligible voters, and that kind of you have to request specifically to get that product and you pay an extra fee to get it. Then when you do get it, there is no requirement through your ERIC contract that you have to act on that. So they're not demanding that states actually use the results of their research. So it's a study that's not really going to amount to anything. But what they do is that not only the voter rolls, but every 60 days, every state has to upload all of the information from the voter rolls and all of the information from the DMV and every other social service organization. And you're getting getting all our private information. You're getting all this private information, social security numbers, everything. And couldn't they just take a real bona fide registered voter and just take him off the rolls with Um, putting that much trust in technology? I don't think they would do that. But what this, the purpose of this is that then Eric actually passes that information off to a third organization. So now your information is triple in jeopardy here for hacking and whatnot. And then that organization creates a list of every potentially eligible voter in the state who's not registered, but they forbid any state to upload any information about the citizenship of anyone. So they create this entire list and say all these people... All this work, but you could be here illegally and we won't pay any attention to that. That's right. So all these people are eligible to vote. Then they send that list back to the state and the state is required by their contract with Eric to contact at least 95% of the people on that list and help them get registered to vote without concern as to whether they're actually eligible or not. So Eric is really a way to bloat the voter rolls and that's what they're really doing under the auspices of trying to okay, clean the voters. So it sounds like great news for election integrity and it's something we shouldn't have anything to do with. Yeah, and there's better there's much better technology. The technology Eric is using is is 1980s technology. Today you can use fractal technology. You can get that information done in half the time for half the amount of money. So it's silly for California to jump on a sinking ship. We had 31 states that have been involved in ERIC and seven have recently bailed out saying most of the reasons they're getting out is because of the privacy issue of their populace. They're saying, no, you're putting our privacy in jeopardy. So it's a sinking ship. People are leaving ERIC and they need California. They need a state as big as California, as populous as California to keep credibility in that. That's why they're now going after getting California involved. Wow. Could you address what just happened to former President Trump without making any comment on whether you like Trump or dislike Trump? Is the fact that a former president has been arrested when he's a major contender for the next election, it seems to me that that's the biggest elephant in the room about election fraud. I think it smacks of election interference. It's not as if they're accusing him of a clear, obvious crime that we would all want someone arrested for, right? Like four or five of the things Hillary has done that we absolutely know for a fact now? Yeah, I think so. Instead, and of course, we haven't seen the entire indictment yet. We don't no, know I, what the I charges are. I understand there's going to be like 10 or 15 charges, if I not heard more, in the 30s. In the 30s. So right. I, we we honestly don't know what all the charges are. All we have is the word of his attorney. Probably and, when and he whatever. was a Cub Scout, he didn't help an old lady cross the street. That'll probably be one of them. <laughs> but my question of, of what we've been allowed to hear so far is, well, obviously, what they're saying it's about has 
way exceeded the statute of limitations. So what are they doing with that? And assuming he's guilty of this, there are so many politicians that have been guilty of this, and that doesn't make it right, but there's supposed to be equal justice under the law. You know, of all of this that's been going on, the thing that concerns me the most is that someone of the stature of Nancy Pelosi would come out and say Trump has to prove his I know. innocence in Can this country. Can you believe country? that? They are supposed to prove your guilt. You are not supposed to have to prove your innocence. Somebody yeah. is innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. So for her to say that was very well, alarming. I don't to me. think she believed that stuff even as it was coming out of her mouth. I don't think even she is that stupid. They know exactly what they're saying. Well, Ruth, it sounds like there was some good news yeah. despite all the horrible things going on in our country. So it's always good to get the other side from you. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob.